Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of Reforge Gaming News, talking about Elden Ring criticisms. They continue to come in in a variety of ways. I want to break down what I think are some legitimate criticisms of the game, as well as some that are not exactly what I would consider to be legitimate or in line with the aims, the goal, and sort of the genre of the game. If you like these types of topics and discussions, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you don't miss my videos. We try to start with everything right here at the beginning to to launch the discussion. So if this is what you're looking for, you should get everything you want. If you want to stick around and watch the rest of the video, make sure you're subscribed and enjoy the show. This is a Reforge update. Elden Ring criticisms continue to come in in a variety of ways, some more legitimate than others. I wanted to break down what I thought were sort of the three categories I'm seeing these show up, and also just continued good dialogue about gaming, accessibility, and difficulty. If you like these quick updates, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. That way, you don't miss these updates. So, there's three categories that I kind of see these criticisms falling under. One is functional, uh, one is pure preference, and lastly, there is continued dialogue about accessibility, and I want to be careful with that one because there's different ways to view it, and there's already some conflation going on in some of the discussions happening. So, firstly, there's functional criticisms, and I do think some of these are legitimate. Some of those are also sort of cultural. There is a difference between the way that Western development companies approach UI, user experience, menus, when you compare it to more uh, Japanese-based or Asian-based developers. If you look at JRPGs and a lot of the From Software games, their menu systems, the way that they show items and stats, it's all very different in a lot of ways than the way that like a Western uh, developer would do it. So some of this is preference kind of intermingled, but some of the criticisms about the menu, I think have some legitimacy. I think sometimes it is difficult to navigate. It feels kind of clunky. It feels archaic and dated. They've not really changed a lot of their approaches to menu items and menu navigation. The map is also something that people have criticized. I think some of these are actually legitimate mainly because they don't explain how some of the map functions work. You can actually click on an item like, a, you know, let's say you find a dungeon or something, and you can add check marks in this little list. So if you're trying to be pretty completionist, just a very basic flyover of those things, I think would have been helpful. Overall, I think a lot of the criticisms of criticisms of the map are overblown. I think people are sort of looking for a more traditional open world experience where the map tells them where everything is. And I think the elements of discovery with this game are phenomenal. Now, I will confess I'm using the interactive map because I got to a point where it's like, I did my best in these areas and I kind of want to move on. So let me use the interactive map to find all remaining dungeons or caves. Lastly, the UI UX criticisms that sort of came in the wake of a couple developers that thought that the Metacritic scores were not fair. One is somebody who works for Sony. One is somebody who has worked on Battlefield 2042, no less. And then one was somebody who worked on Horizon Forbidden West, who thought that the PC performance was also grounds. Oh, I'm sorry. That was somebody else. There was a woman who thought the PC performance was grounds to not give such high scores on Metacritic. I think some people are forgetting that the version people played for the reviews was very different than the one that kind of got mangled by the day one patch. So again, they, being in the development world, should know a little bit better, I think, than to take what I, I kind of took it as cheap shots at the game. And also, I think, just again, some of the differences in development approach to UI and UX. Now, the preference criticisms that have been coming, I think, are, again, stemming from cultural differences. People saying, well, there's no quest log. These games just really don't approach 
discovery, storytelling, and lore building with a quest log. They don't. They don't have dialogue trees. You know, they have exhaustible dialogue, but you're not going up and doing the things that you might find yourself doing in Horizon Forbidden West. So the absence of a quest log, I think, is an illegitimate criticism. I think you need to judge a game against the backdrop of what it sets out to do, uh, against the genre that it finds itself in, and From Software has really carved, I think, their own path, and they don't owe you a quest log. Uh, Having a sense of clear direction. This is similar to quest log. Again, I don't think a game needs to hold your hand in order to be successful. Whenever you judge a game against, I think, what I would consider to be like almost like a faulty backdrop of like your expectations, you're you're, you're bound to find the game to be unsatisfying because if you want certain things to be in the game that are just not going to be there because of the type of the game uh, that it is, I just, I don't think it's legitimate. And lastly, difficulty is a huge preference discussion that just constantly is had about these games. I continue to say, you don't really understand the game. You don't really understand the genre if you come at it criticizing difficulty. Now, I criticize some of the ways they execute difficulty, but I've never asked for the game to be made easier. So I think if you're going to get into the actual mechanics of difficulty in some of the fights or in some of the ways that the enemies attack, I do think sometimes that they dial in things that sort of feel cheap, but that's kind of par for the course. That's just the way these games are. They're going to give the enemy tons of advantages and make things hard on you, and it's going to be irritating sometimes that's kind of the way the games are built all right lastly accessibility this one gets tough because i i essentially postulated i said listen before this game even comes out i'm gonna make a prediction folks are going to try to smuggle in the difficulty easy mode debate and they're going to try to smuggle it in under the guise of accessibility accessibility is incredibly important where it can be achieved okay i want to qualify that because some games simply cannot do the things that folks wanting accessibility can do i do think text size readability audio options colorblind things like this if it can be done it is noble and good i don't believe there's an imperative on developers to do this sometimes they don't have uh, somebody to do it sometimes they don't have the time maybe the bandwidth uh maybe they can't even really outsource it it's not something in their purview i do not believe that the 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 things that people have to live with that make colorblind mode or visual text and things like that i don't believe that creates an imperative i've made similar arguments before that like my daughter has an egg allergy i don't think there's an imperative at every restaurant that they should be able to accommodate her because that would create undue harm on the restaurants i think similar instances exist in some of the development companies they simply don't have departments to handle this it's not within their budget it's not within their purview to work on these things it's great when they can and it should be sought to be a more standard thing in the industry but i don't think it's a must because some companies just can't do it now as far as the recent article that i retweeted uh from someone named steve sailor he got a lot of uh heat and i think undue hate because he made a video arguing about some of the uh, the, some of the visual things that are problematic he is somebody who is outspoken about accessibility in games because he is blind and so he was saying that there should be visual indicators if someone's going to attack you off screen uh I, i think again that's sort of going too far you're juxtaposed against the genre of the game and the way that they implement difficulty i would love visual indicators when i'm going to get hit off screen i mean but that would i think take away from some of the foreboding threat that the game offers and some of the some of the danger around every corner and some of the the, the tightness in the corridors now, the camera can be garbage sometimes we all know that from software cameras are notoriously bad at times but i do think accessibility has to be kept in a lane of 
removing barriers for people who either have visual or auditory or or motor impairments and if we can remove those barriers great but we cannot actually mess with the fabric of the game its difficulty or its challenges because that is not about accessibility you've hopped train tracks to another category and trying to do that i think is messy and unhelpful for the accessibility dialogue that's happening right now i think that dialogue is important but i don't think it has anything to do with difficulty there's another giant criticism that continues to happen and it's the fact that the tutorial in the beginning is very easy to skip and i agree with this criticism i think they should have been a little bit more clear that hey go over here and drop down because the basics of combat are extremely important and many people are missing that i almost miss it if i was not a streamer i would have missed it people like hey go back you missed this thing so they could maybe push a little update and let people know that it's there. So overall, I think it's a mixed bag when it comes to criticism of Elden Ring. Some good, some bad. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Head over to Reforge Gaming if you want to be part of the dialogue live. And as always, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next one. And I'll see the rest of you right now. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And I'm engaging in a conversation right now on Twitter uh, with someone who is an accessibility specialist and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like softly suggesting that uh, that we we should be we should be having conversations about that I'd love to do a show with him or somebody else uh, there's some pretty grim historical context to why it's an issue for these particular games too uh, going back uh, to gamer yeah I don't know about that I don't know the history of that so I can't speak to that but basically I was saying that like I've been a little disappointed that when there's dissenting views on Elden Ring and Elden Ring difficulty that everybody's just sort of going on the attack alright so if you're new today we're discussing Elden Ring criticism some some of it's legitimate some of it's not some of it's sort of rooted in preference some of it's rooted in legitimate issues um, and I, I generally think outside of camera issues if you're getting hit off screen you had bad positioning or you went full bore into a trap <laughs> Like, there are traps. There's ambushes in this game. They love to do it. It happened to me yesterday, right? I went past a bush because I saw a big wolf, and another wolf was in this bush and jumped out and hit me, and he hit me forward, and then the one in front of me hit me. I mean, it was was a well-executed ambush, okay? So sometimes... You're getting hit off screen because you have bad positioning or you made a bad decision. You ran in headstrong. You know, you weren't paying attention. Um, And the well, an accessibility specialist crowded house would be somebody who is going to help consult or navigate here are ways to help with accessibility. There's things you can do with colorblind mode. There's things you can do with the audio. There's things you can do with text size and readability of text with respect to color contrast, okay, and clarity. These are actually really good and important things if it can be done, right? If it can be done. If you can do it, then great, okay? I do think some of the accessibility advocates trend or maybe wade into waters that I'm uncomfortable with it's like you can't create imperatives here that every developer should do these things okay if they can great but if it's not in the budget if they don't have staff to do it then your your issue okay your the cards you've been dealt whether it's my daughter's egg allergy or you you have you have a level of blindness like you have difficulty seeing certain colors or you are legally blind okay Wherever you are in that spectrum, 
the cards you've been dealt do not create imperatives on these companies if they can do things to get you in the game and to remove those barriers that's wonderful and should be celebrated but there's a difference between that and saying no you ought to do this that's what's an that's what an imperative is you ought to do this right with my daughter's egg allergy i can't go into a restaurant and say you ought to be set up to accommodate my daughter i need an allergy free zone i need a brand new grill i need brand new pots and pans because of uh, because of the protein crossover right and so I don't think that the, 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 the issue there is, is being handled properly all of the time. I think most of the time, the dialogue is good. Like, hey, there's a portion of society that loves to game and really needs a colorblind mode, right? Yo, what's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. Guys, make sure to smash the like button. Uh, let's see here. Elden Ring Criticism mostly accurate let's see let's see mostly accurate or mostly off base what do you think do you think the criticism that we've been seeing is mostly accurate or mostly off base that's what i want to know the the criticisms that are out there there's criticisms about the map the ui uh lack of quest log everything you've seen where do you find most of the criticism landing is it is it is it good is it mostly accurate or is it mostly off base i have found most of the criticism to land in sort of being like this is off base this isn't really actually accurate criticism this is more your preference this is more sort of trending in a way i'm not trying to sway the vote by the way vote however you want and let me know what you think in the chat most of the criticism has come from a place of wanting the game to be something it is not i did think I did think that Steve's uh, video, now granted, I didn't have time to watch it, so I read an article who took out choice quotes. I'm trusting that they quoted him accurately, okay? I found that some of his argumentation and some of his reasoning, it wandered into that forest of wanting the game to be something that it's not. Because there were people that told him, like, this isn't, this game's not for you. Like, you're not just asking for colorblind mode or larger text or, you know, ways to navigate menus. You're not asking for that. You're asking for the game to change the fundamentals of combat. Like, off-screen indicators. That would change the fundamentals of combat. There'd be so many times you'd be running from a boss, running from an enemy, and instead of relying on just either your instincts or, again, audio cues you would just be like, oh, here comes the visual indicator, let me roll out of the way. I mean, how many times did that have saved my bacon in some of the fights where I'm literally running away, tail tucked between my legs, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die. And it would have saved my life. Those visual indicators, again, if you go too far with this, I think you change the fundamental nature of the game. Some people want them to change the game entirely, change the game to be like god of war it's not god of war yeah i think when people get into the categories of like i want a quest log or you know i would like to you know have more linear direction like where am i supposed to go next because he was saying things like the first boss many people might not understand that they're not supposed to fight him or whatever like is too hard and so a lot of people aren't going to understand it's like well it's an open world game so if there's anything I've learned about open world games is you can wander into places that you're not supposed to go. And you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, and I think the Tree Sentinel is literally there to teach you that. Welcome to Elden Ring. 
you're not ready for everything that you discover. Like, this guy right here in front of you, you can't fight him yet. You aren't even ready. Number one, he's on a horse. Number two... You you can't you can't even stand you can't stand toe to toe with them. So I I do think sometimes there's a misunderstanding of how games like this communicate to you. Now we had a conversation about this a while ago. I believe there's a philosophical difference between the way that Asian developers look at information and data and the way that Westerners think about it. We want to be told everything. We want, a, we want a little diamond on the map. We want an arrow. We want these things. I say this as a Westerner. This is why I didn't like Salt and Sanctuary. I was like, tell me where to go. Give me a little flashing arrow. And these types of games say, no. If you want information, information must be earned. Right? I mean, we can get super philosophical. I mean, Carl Jung said, you know, be wary or be a... Be, be wary or, or be leery of information that is not earned. And he was talking, obviously, about using psychedelics, like get, having access to mystical information or experiences that you didn't earn. You didn't study it. You didn't read a book. You didn't become, uh, you know, a student of that subject. You merely suddenly had access to, like, higher knowledge, right? So he was speaking very, very, like, mystically. But I think there is something to be said for, in a game like this, I take way more pride over discovered information as opposed to just telling me it's over there behind the tree like think about what we did yesterday we went dungeon hunting and I used the interactive map to tell me where the dungeons were that was way less satisfying I love being in the dungeons by the way but it's way less satisfying than when I discovered some on my own when I was like oh I know there's something over here oh there's a door like that feeling of it's earned I found it as opposed to like, yeah, it's over here, past this tree, behind this, here it is. Like, that's not nearly as satisfying. Now, again, I'm openly admitting that, like, I, I got to the point that I kind of exhausted the area, so I'm using the interactive map because I would just like to find all the dungeons in the caves. You touched on it with the tutorial, but how do you address other things like item crafting that can easily be missed without taking away from the open world freedom? There does seem to be a randomness to their their withholding like why haven't you taught me about crafting why haven't you taught me you see what i'm saying it's like well they're withholding for that well well, why why not tell me about it i have flowers and butterflies and diamonds and who the frick knows what else in my inventory i don't know what i don't do with any of it people keep telling me oh you can craft it you can craft it that's what the cookbooks are for and i'm like okay well Maybe the first time I found a cookbook, you could have had a little pop-up to be like, here's how this works. Some of the pop-ups are random, by the way. I suddenly had a pop-up. I had been finding jars, and all of a sudden, yesterday, it popped up and told me that I could use the jars to, like, make something. And I was like, where did this come from? It literally came after I fast-traveled. And then I fast-traveled somewhere else, and I got another pop-up. I'm like, huh? What is this? It was taught. If you click and stuff, you skip it. They do tell you at the first merchant. Now, hang on. When I started, I read all those menus. There was a menu that popped up when I talked to the merchant, and it said, here's how you craft. I've been intentionally reading those. I literally played through the tutorial when you guys told me to go back and do it, and I read all those menus, like, out loud on the stream. The NPC at the church at the beginning tells you about crafting. He suggests you buy the crafting box. 
I did that. So that's the that you so that's that's the tutorial on crafting. Now if I open the crafting box, does it does another menu pop up? Cause I remember he said that. It mentions pots and how they are used. The merchant says, I suggest you buy a crafting kit. When you buy the crafting kit, there's a section that explains crafting. Did I, and did I click through that? I don't remember that. I remember him saying that and you guys being like, buy a crafting box. You go to the crafting box, you get a new menu. Okay, so I didn't do that. And the reason I didn't do that is I bought it and I was like, I don't have anything yet. So why would I go to the crafting box? So now it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Okay, so maybe my criticism about that is pretty weak. It's like, well, Lono, you bought something. Why didn't you go look at it, you dumb dumb? Okay, that's a well-made point. So I'll take that one off the table. Skipping the tutorial, sure. Everything else seemed to have menu pop-ups. I didn't remember the crafting menu pop-up because it happened so early, you don't really have anything yet. Here's how to craft. Have no materials yet. No frame of reference for this. Maybe no souls to buy the kit yet. Hope you remember to go back. Yeah, it feels, it, it, it again, it feels out of place. You're at a disadvantage when you stream. You have to pay attention to too many other things. Well, certainly, yeah, when I'm streaming, it can be difficult because I have people in the audience telling me to do what to do. I'm trying to figure out what to do. The game's trying to tell me what to do, right? Hey, we hadn't sold coffee in a, in a day or so, and right there, three bags of dark roast to my man Ganks. Thank you so so much I appreciate that if you guys haven't ordered any of our coffee yet it's not a partnership or a sponsorship it's literally our coffee my wife and kiddos ship it to you both of our flavors are the same it's both original but we have a light roast and a dark roast and the balance acidity makes it incredibly smooth so try out our coffee use that coffee command make sure you're smashing the like button and the sub button if you're new I am a safer work broadcaster and we do a talk show like this Monday through Friday and uh, we really enjoy the conversation and we really enjoy the back and forth. A lot of people treat me like video game radio, so be sure to hit subscribe and that bell button so that way you're here and smash the like button. Take our poll at the top of the chat. We're talking about Elden Ring criticism. Is it mostly accurate or mostly off base? People are saying mostly off base. I tend to agree with the people clicking mostly off base. Most of the criticism I've read, I'm like, you're kind of arguing preference, right? You're kind of arguing preference here. Everyone missed the tutorial, but that's on them, says Butters. Literally spawn. They spawn you so you have to jump down. It does a bad job, but also a good job. Explains that the world's vertical, so look out. Sekiro is the best combat, no doubt. It's not even close, but Souls has the better RPG. Yeah, 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 yeah. A perfect moment to show why you don't need an off-screen hit indicator. What's, uh, what's Moist doing? I think the balance could be adjusted, says Suede. I don't want a Zelda Ocarina of Time Navi-style guide, but I feel like Elden Ring could be a little better in some areas when introducing mechanics and subsystems. This is something that I criticize Sekiro for because they teach you about something at an inopportune time. You're like, you don't have a frame of reference for it, right? That's why Eugene said, with the crafting... He said, like, they tell you at a time when it's not really important, hopefully you go back and do it. Like, that's why he said that. He's, he's, he's being snarky. He's referencing Sekiro. Sekiro does something similar. Here's how a mechanic works with the combat, and you're, it's not applicable right now. And then you're like, okay, well, hopefully I remember that, right? Instead of having it pop up 
and having you actually like test it out in a fight like you know the guy that the undying guy at the beginning of Sekiro that you can like beat on and he's like oh no 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 and he keeps getting back up right that that's where they should have taught you about some of the some of the combat mechanics that are incredibly vital incredibly vital to success in Sekiro so if you're just tuning in we want to hear from you Hit subscribe so you can talk in my chat. We're talking Elden Ring criticism. I even kind of got into a little bit of an exchange today on Twitter about accessibility. I made my own predictions about how I was worried uh, that accessibility was going to be used to sort of smuggle in the argument of uh, easy mode or lowering difficulty. That's not really the category that accessibility falls into. Uh, and so I would love to have dialogue with anybody in that portion uh, of, of that. We would kick that probably over to Reforge Radio. That'd be a really good episode, I think. Don't forget this afternoon, Reforge Radio, Ginger Prime and I are going to be talking about work-life balance. Uh, I wouldn't want there to be more in-depth guides or tutorials I like a game option that won't hold your hand and has helpful things in it, but only if you discover them. Yeah, we touched on this a little bit ago. There's a difference between saying this game, you earned knowledge by just discovery. Okay. You earn knowledge by discovery. But if you obscure like basic mechanics, I don't necessarily think that falls into that category every time. Sometimes it's like, it's okay to explain how crafting works. You're not holding my hand. You're not telling me where to go find the flowers or where this you really awesome thing is. You're just like, yeah, here's how it works. And again, I missed that because I didn't go click on the box, right? And it, and it, and it popped up at a, at a time where it just didn't make much sense. It's like, man, I just got into the game. In fairness, dismissing a complaint because that's your preference is easy until it's my complaints. Well, and this is what I try to do every complaint is going to arise out of some level of a bias so what I try to do when I criticize a game not in the heat of the moment when I'm angry because that's that's a lot of times that's me being emotional right when I try to be logical in my criticism of a game what I try to do is I try to say is what's the aim of the game first you have to respect what I call authorial intent the intent of the author must be considered first okay If you wrote a love novel, a romance novel, I should say, and I approach it and want a lot of action and fighting, I'm approaching it in a way that ignores the intent of the author, which means my criticisms will be stupid. Not enough violence and fighting, right? If you approach a wartime novel or an action or mystery novel, and you're like, there's not enough romance and kissing you like well you're you're ignoring the intent of the author so you have to do your best i think to land on that field and say what's the intention of the developers here right and if the intention of the developer in from software games is that we want you to experience discovery and difficulty and challenge and that's one of our main goals, then you're going to have to understand that that means boss fights will be very hard, the game will be punishing, and a lot of basic information you're going to have to kind of learn on your own. Now, there are times where, like with the skipping of the tutorial at the beginning, okay, that communicates to me that the intention of the developers is to say, hey, 
Welcome to Elden Ring. Here's the basics of combat. Here's how to sprint. Here's how to jump. Here's how guard counter works. You know, whatever. All of those things are ground level, like mechanistic things. They're not helping you do anything. They're not helping you spec your character. They're not helping you strategize or explore. They're like, here's how the buttons work. Okay. So I think that's why that's a fair criticism. It's like, clearly you built this area to teach people the basics. Why don't you put a, you know, a pretty apparent direction sort of being, Hey, go over here, you know? That's not necessarily the same as saying, I want a quest log. Well, no, they don't want to give you a quest log. They like the idea of you organically finding somebody in the world and like, I ask you to do something and then you like write it down. You're like, oh man, that's really cool. Because somebody's like, I shouldn't have to bring a pen and paper. Why? Now, I did say it would be cool if they put like a notebook in the game. Like you could go to it and like type up messages, but like that's functionally not very different than you grabbing a piece of paper and a pen. Yo, what's good, Ginger? Guys, don't forget, this afternoon, Ginger and I are talking work-life balance. I 100% agree. I think a lot of accessibility comments come from a place of entitlement, and unfortunately, they take away from the real accessibility conversations. That's why I think it's really important to slice that right down the middle. There are genuine and good accessibility conversations happening, and then there are ones that are like, what? That's not accessibility. Miyazaki said in interviews, one of his core design pillars is respecting the player's intelligence to figure things out on their own, to an extent. Right. My main criticism, says Vinny, and this for me dates back to Demon Souls, is a journal where I can review my past conversations. I'm fine with every other obscure thing that From Software does. I, I definitely agree with that. Because there are times where I'm like, oh shoot, there was that woman and she said that thing... So I have a vague memory. It would be nice to like be able to pull that. I'm like, oh, that's what she said. Okay, I'm going to go look for her. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I get why people are kind of like hung up on that. Look, give us a, give us a, you know, a, a quest log. Well, I think there's maybe like middle ground solutions that wouldn't require a quest log. It's like, go talk to Carla. And you're like, yay. And like a little check mark goes. Some of the quests don't really give you clues, uh, though, which is the only criticism I have. I'm not asking for markers on the map, but at least give me a general idea of what I'm supposed to do next. Uh, Crowded says, I'm 46. I grew up playing NES. These games today are a walk in the park. You want to talk about obtuse? uh, There are some old action-adventure games that tell you jack. Right, and listen, I understand why you're saying that, but I don't necessarily think that we can point to, like, old games that left things completely off the table and be like, oh, it's fine, you know? I do think sometimes there are, you know, yeah, there are things that are worthy of of being like, you could have made this a little clearer. Moist walks up to all these bloodstains and says, why has everyone died here as the giant enemy strikes him? (laughs) That's great. I agree with that too. At the end of the day, dialogue is the the quest in the From Software games for the most part. If only our character had a pen and pad. (laughs) You like get out a little paper, you know? You know how he like reaches behind to pull stuff out and he's like, and he's like, where is it? So you're like, you're playing Elden Ring, and you talk to some lady, and you're like, all right, hang on a second. You're like, you pull out a little piece of paper. Just the facts, ma'am. You're like writing down everything, saying, all right, cool. And you like shove it back in your butt. 
Like, that's where all items go in video games, by the way. Like, thank you. Wham. They just shove it up their rear. It's a shame having to be in co-op to be invaded uh, naturally. Yeah, that's just one way they balance co-op. Those quests are intentionally vague. Those quests are all about discovery and observation. They are not normal game quests, and they are highly optional and meant to reward discovery. See, and that's and I'm okay with that. Like I said, you have to consider the intentions of the author. Like, if I gave my kids a scavenger hunt where they found a, no, a piece of like a uh, like a, a post-it note on the kitchen table, and it said. You know, look for your next clue where, you know, where we where we would be allowed to make a fire inside the house. Okay, and then they'd go to the they'd go to the the fireplace, and then there'd be another clue. And you know, they'd pick it up, and it would say, "Go to where, you know, the library books lay." And they'd be like, "Oh, the library books are always on the floor, you know, in front of the couch." And so they'd go and they'd find right. And so that at my intention would be to like string along clues for them and it would be really exciting but if they picked up the post-it note and I was like yeah you like that go to the fireplace <laughs> and they go to the fireplace I'm like oh yeah you see that one you go to the go in front of the couch well it wouldn't be it wouldn't be very <laughs> do you know what I mean it wouldn't be very exciting for them so within the context of the scavenger hunt it's it's more exciting for them to discover it on their own and so Elden Ring has set up quests that are like that just spurious clues and if you're like oh if you piece it together you're gonna feel really really dope like when I did that dungeon and I realized that like the back of the dungeon was open and I was like I'm not leaving what's back there and I go back and I find this woman hanging out with a wolf and she talks to me and I give her the other half of this medallion well it feels awesome it's like well this is cool I, 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 I literally got this from some guy in some random village Respect the author is, author is great. Holy crap. Uh, is that not how people treat any game with a story they don't like? Yes. Now, sometimes people pull... I, I do think there are times where character arcs go in a direction that don't make any sense. Or, you know, you end up with like a la- you know, The Last Jedi scenario where like you just jettison all character arcs and, and foreshadowing because you want to subvert the expectations of the viewer. If a game does that, I think it's okay to be like, this didn't seem like, you know, in line with the character or whatever, right? Because I know Last of Us 2 always comes up. I think there are illegitimate and stupid criticisms of that game, but I also think there are some criticisms that make sense. It's like, what the frick? Why'd you do that with that character? That didn't make any sense. So I do think sometimes people go to the extent of like, I didn't like this, and then they say that, you know, story's bad. Instead of saying, you know, well, I expected these things to happen, and you completely subverted those expectations, and it therefore frustrated me. Like frustrated me, subverting the expectations of the viewer or the gamer, I think has its place. But I think if you do it too much, or you do it in a way that almost feels forced, ham-fisted, or disingenuous, well, then the audience is going to respond in kind, right? Like they did that in uh, in Horizon Forbidden West. In Horizon Forbidden West, I felt like the story just kept doing that. It's like, oh, you think this is what's going on? This is what's going on. And you're like, okay. And you're like, well, you think this is what's going on? This is what's going on. And eventually, you just develop, I developed like a skeptical, cynical attitude. I was like, I, who, ham-fisted. You know the term? Ham-fisted? Like, eventually, I was just like, I don't really know what's happening. 
I'm expecting I'm expecting whatever whatever narrative arc that you've put me on, whatever, you know, development of the story that you've got me on, I'm expecting you to subvert it. I'm expecting some other like, oh, woof, and they rip down another veil. And it did. It got I think it got kind of silly. I liked Horizon Forbidden West story, but I feel like they used that that narrative mechanic too many times. So I do think sometimes people criticize games and the game story purely because they don't like what happens. But I also think there's sometimes it's like, that was kind of silly. That was kind of dumb. Or that was disingenuous. If you actually listen to what the NPCs say in Elden Ring, read the description in your inventory of items you receive and you have the information you need. Elden Ring went outside the box by giving you a multiplayer... Uh, these games like this are usually one player, no multiplayer at all and hard. Well, that's not true in the Souls games. You could you could play with a buddy. That's not the first time they've done this. Criticism is mainly off base, says Mank, because they aren't bringing up objective facts. They are mad the game is hard or no Ubisoft UI. Ubisoft UI tells you everything to do, no exploration or discovery. Right, and when you approach a game like this and you have that in your brain of like, well, I'd really like to have that level of UI and that level of information, you're going to be frustrated because they're not going to tell you it. Um, Let me know when he's done talking Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, I wasn't, I'm not going to get into spoilers. I'm just telling you they're going to keep doing that as a storytelling mechanic. They just keep doing it. <laughs> you think this is what's happening? This is what's happening. I don't, I don't know. I got tired of it by the end. You know? Game of Thrones final season, Star Wars 9, last episode of Boba Fett. Yeah, it's like you set up these character arcs, story arcs, and developments. Favorite Super Nintendo game? Uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, probably. You forget that people don't read, says Old Soul. I look at an icon in pictures if I can discern what I'm supposed to do at a glance. Uh, that's a failure of design. Oh, I look at icon pictures, and if I can't discern what I'm supposed to do at a glance, it's a failure of design. I will openly admit I'm really, really bad at reading in video games, and in this game, I felt like I was taking a little bit more time to actually read the things when they popped up. We need 20 more likes for 200 likes. There's plenty of people here. If you're enjoying the show, do me a favor and click the like button. It is free to subscribe. I am a safe for work broadcaster. I'll be here Monday through Friday giving you a great talk show about gaming news. We have been covering Elden Ring pretty extensively, but as more gaming news starts to develop, like the Sony State of Play tonight, we might have some good things to talk about tomorrow that are not Elden Ring related. In the afternoon, we go and play some Elden Ring. And then around 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern in the afternoon, we head over to Reforge Radio for a talk show about cultural things, things of matter of like philosophy or you know maybe even some politics, uh, maybe even some faith. So make sure you hang out on Reforge Radio as well late in the afternoon. Um, tell me Elden Ring is your first from game without telling me Elden Ring is your first from game. What did he say? What did Brandon say? Oh yeah, the multiplayer thing. As a book reader, the Game of Thrones ending made perfect sense within the character development and arcs. Well yeah, but if you gotta bring that to the table to justify it, it's crap. Like, the show should have done a good job as a show. <laughs> like, I don't, well the book's a thousand pages long, so we skipped pages 700 to 950 and we're justified in doing so, because everything that happened in between justifies it. It's like, what? 
Lona was a shoot first, uh, claim to not understand later kind of guy. <laughs> that's right, that's right. These quests are not part of the main game, and they're not meant to be followed immediately nor discerned immediately. They've never been designed to do so, says Distorted. See, and I think that's where, again, the expectations coming to the game, they're expecting every side quest, every main quest, every quest has, like, check boxes and it puts something on your radar and you see what I'm saying? So like, that's their expectation. Like if you come from Horizon Forbidden West, you talk to anybody, you talk to a goat that gives you a mission and you have it in your quest log and it tells you where to go, right? It's a different style of game. You know, they're not like, talk to so-and-so on the western side of the, I don't know why I'm doing Deckard Kane, but you know what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> Go and find the weapon on the southern side of the mountain to kill Diablo. They don't do that in these games. They're like, I know up north near the mountains, there's a cave that's got a purple diamond in it. And you're like, okay. And that's all they tell you. And you got to remember that. (laughs) And then you got to remember where that person is. Well, that's that's different. That's interesting. You know, that's that's not normal questing. It, it's it's more about discovery. And again, you know, keep a notebook handy. That way, you're able to remember these things. People need to play Majora's Mask on the Nintendo 64. You got to keep track of what's happening in the world yourself. Yeah, I mean, my brother's in chat loot, and he loved Majora's Mask. And when I watched him play it, I was like, I'm never freaking playing this game. Coming from coming from Ocarina of Time, I was like, nope. I am not playing Majora's Mask. No, thank you. People are bringing their expectations of games that are nothing like From games, and they're expecting them here. From doesn't design those type of games. They are hand you a broken stick and kick you into a pit of crocodiles type of game devs. Well, and we said this was going to happen, okay? We made this prediction as a community here. I said that accessibility would be used you know, to smuggle in easy mode debate. I said that would happen, and it's happening. And the other thing we said was, this game is going to be super popular and sell a ton, and people are going to get really angry because they're going to expect Skyrim. They're going to expect, like, open world Assassin's Creed Horizon Forbidden West or Breath of the Wild, and they're not going to get it. We, We predicted this. It wasn't difficult to see the writing on the wall. It was like, commercially this game's gonna be insane and tons of people that buy it are gonna be like this game sucks and they're not gonna understand why the game doesn't jive with them it's like it would be like me buying a fighting game and saying I just really I I just really didn't like the lack of open world missions it's like well you're buying the wrong game you know it or okay a better example it would be like me buying a a JRPG that has turn based combat and being like I really feel like the combat's too stringent. I don't like turn-based. And it's like, well, you bought a turn-based game, right? Majora's gave you the Bomber's Notebook, uh, the very first modern quest log. <laughs> Half of Assassin's Creed games are literally brain-dead. It's not about wanting an easy mode, but don't have things in the game to make it unnecessarily difficult. What would you attri- What would you put in that category, Matthew? What's in this game that's unnecessarily difficult? I'm interested. The clear rates on trophies are pretty normal, though, for From Software games. I think a lot of the criticism comes from people that don't even play it. I think a lot of people bought it on Steam and just uninstalled. 
either because of the either either because of the the clear uh the very very clear um you know stuttering issues in the beginning but there's also i think i think there's also just the fact that like they try to fight the tree sentinel and they get clocked eight or six times and they're like i'm out i don't like this how much of do you think uh, is the hype or a gamer just following the crowd or getting caught off guard? I think there's a lot of layers to it, Ginger. I think that I think that it being the most anticipated game two years in a row created a cyclone of interest. And people can't help themselves. They're gamers. New game, nothing else is really coming out. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that game out. I, I, I lost count how many times people were like, I've never pay, played a From Software game, but I'm going to be jumping into Elden Ring gameplay day one. I want to get in there. And I'm like, you better be ready. I tried to warn people. I'm like, Miyazaki said that more people are going to beat this game than any other From Software game. But this game is still going to bust your teeth clean in. Just wham. People saying that the network test was easier, the game was too easy. I was like, yeah, uh-huh. Wait until you get farther in the game. I guarantee you this game is going to bust your skull in. And then everybody keeps talking about Radon. They're like, Radon's a jerk. He cheats. I hate him, right? Oh, don't go there. Oh, gosh, Lono, this place is nuts. Yeah. And everybody said it was going to be too easy, right? Now, you see me overleveled in summoning, and you might think, oh, the game's easy. No, it's not. You know how much pain and work and grinding I had to go through to get to where I am? I didn't strut into some room uh, with the power that I have right now, I had to work for that power. I had to scavenge and, and explore and go in the dungeons and beat mini bosses and world bosses and, and survive and play smart and not lose my runes, right? I've almost, I've, I've lost the least amount of runes in this game of any games I play, well, of Dark Souls 3, because I'm protective of them and I'm paying attention, right? People talking about Radon haven't found Millennia yet or Millennia. See what I'm saying? I agree that prior games are very important to whatever the current game is, but a truly great game should really still be enjoyable to a newbie. You don't have to play OG Zelda to enjoy Breath of the Wild. And I think if you were to approach Breath of the Wild with the mindset of, like, learning, you'd love it. But if you approach Breath of the Wild with the same nonsense that these people are talking about, like, I need all this stuff to help me. Breath of the Wild certainly has a quest log, but Breath of the Wild leaves a lot of things out of your out of your purview. I remember being confused. I remember feeling lost. I remember feeling frustrated that I wandered into an area and it was too cold. Or I wandered into an area and the enemies were insanely strong. I didn't like that. I didn't. Why? I was a different gamer back then. I really didn't want things like that to happen. I wanted things to be told to me. Don't go there yet. You need to go here first. I got really angry about that. I got angry about trying to go into the area that was too hot. And I was like, if I wouldn't have known, if you guys wouldn't have told me to go talk to that person on the road, I'd have never been able to go into that area. That seems kind of dumb. And people are like, this is one of those games, man. You got to talk to everybody. You got to wander around and discover. I just beat the game in Millennia. It was probably the hardest boss I've ever fought in a Soulsborne game. Harder than Orphan of Koss, in my opinion. Harder than Ishin in Sekiro. Or you're saying Soulsborne though, so you're you're leaving Sekiro off the table. I would argue Breath of the Wild is less is less accessible than Elden Ring. Why would you say that? That one guy talk about I asked him what he thought was unnecessarily difficult. Did he respond? I'm gonna scroll up and see if he responded. Um 
I don't. I, I try to keep track of what people say. Here he is, Matthew. Unnecessarily difficult. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Matthew, I still didn't get a response from you. I wanted an example of what you thought was unnecessarily difficult. I try to interact with people's points and arguments. Breath of the Wild world design was amazing. The only reason I disliked the game uh, was that they kind of abandoned classic dungeons. I love that Elden Ring doesn't do that. Oh, for sure. The dungeons in Elden Ring are so enjoyable. The game is definitely difficult. I feel bad for the people who had their expectations subverted when getting their hands on it before playing a From Software game. The people hating on it clearly quit. Well, sure. Maybe. Landis says, The biggest issue is that there are multiple NPC quest lines left incomplete and a whole ending cut from the game. Well, they said that you'd have to play it multiple times to get everything done. They kind of they warned about that, did they not? Did you find the inverted statue to defeat that sorcerer? I don't know what you're talking about. Sekiro is the from title I least got into, but I do plan to give it another shot at some point. There's next to no information in Breath of the Wild. The only thing you have is pointers. I didn't learn to cook until 50 hours in. I beat the game without learning uh, how to tame horses. I mean, with respect... I, that seems odd to me. I feel like cooking and horses were like put right in front of you. You loved it. You put 300 hours in. I mean, I'm not, I am not trying to throw shade. I am, that would be hypocritical because I'm, I'm the dumb dumb that misses the obvious thing all the time. I'm like, how do you do this? What are people like Lono? You, it was just there and you click through it, right? It happens all the time. Dominic with a seven month renewal on that membership. Welcome back to gaming. Team Double Dip, great talk today. As always, welcome back. Thank you. But I really felt like the horse riding, I felt like the horse riding and the cooking in Breath of the Wild was put like right in your path. With respect, with respect. I, I that, that doesn't seem like stuff that they made that like that was obscure. Did you find the mage in Stormvale? I don't think so. If all open world games are made based on the same formula, they become boring and stale. I feel like this has already happened. Elden Ring is a breath of fresh air regardless of how people feel. You know, it's interesting. Let's rewind the clock a couple of weeks. So Horizon Forbidden West comes out and all of the negative criticism says the same thing. It's boring. It's just another open world game. It's it's just another game with a bunch of stuff on the map that I have to go do. Right, a bunch of people say that. And then Elden Ring comes out and says, we're going to have a very different approach to open world. It's all about discovery. We're going to tell you very little. The map is almost hand-drawn. It feels organic. You feel like like an explorer, warrior, survivor, like all in one. And people complain about that. So it's not that I'm saying the same people that complained about Horizon Forbidden West being just another open world game. It's not the same people that are saying this about Elden Ring, but I think what it shows is there is no perfect way to build a game like this because you're going to try to build an open world game like Assassin's Creed or Horizon Forbidden West and people are going to say what? It's just another open world game with a thousand question marks on the map, right? I got to climb a tower. When I climb the tower, I scans the area and I know where everything is. And then you go and play Elden Ring, it's very different. It's here is a world in front of you. Go. Find stuff. I love it. I love it. Like, 
I loved that feeling of every corner, every rock, every village, every 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 cliffside could be something. And when you find it and you beat it and you get something and you use that something like I randomly find these jellyfish and I'm like, "Oh my gosh," and I fight him and I get a jellyfish shield that I'm continually using, that is in my opinion so much more rewarding than go here, talk to Greg. When you're done talking to Greg, go over here and talk to Susan, and then go up into the mountain and get a rock and bring it back down here. We're going to make you a really strong weapon from the rock. And you're like, cool. It's almost like fetch quest passivity. It's like, I'm not really a part of this. Now, I love games like this. I loved Horizon Forbidden West. There were elements of it that I didn't like, but I loved it. And I love games like that. Sometimes it is nice just to be told where the frick to go, right? I don't always want to listen to heavy metal. I don't always want to listen to classical. You know what I'm saying? It depends on my mood. I don't listen. When I'm trying to relax on the couch, I'll boot up like Ghost of Tsushima, maybe Returnal and do the daily challenge. If I want to relax on the couch, I'm not booting up Elden Ring. Right? Not throwing shade, but then how do you justify using the interactive map? Yeah, I talked about this earlier. You weren't here, Zubair. I reached a point where efficiency started to matter. And it was like, I would really like to clear these areas because the value of those areas diminishes the stronger I get. If you were here yesterday, I went through those caves and those dungeons, just swing dead, swing dead, swing dead, swing dead, swing dead. Everything dies, 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 dies. Everything's just dying like like it's nothing, right? And so the value of those environments diminishes the stronger I get. And I want to get them, so it's like, I don't want to leave these things undiscovered. I would like to discover them. I've exhausted the area as best I can. I found things on my own. And I admitted freely this morning, using the interactive map took away from that sense of discovery. It did. It was like it wasn't as exciting, you know. Now, from a from a from a critic standpoint, or from a video game sort of enthusiast or reviewer, whatever the frick you want to call me, I definitely at times was like, "Oh, this was so well placed. This is so cool how they hid this." And so I was kind of struck sometimes, like, "Oh, that was neat." Some of it was a reminder. I forgot about the one that I found where I needed uh, keys to get in. There was the one at the very beginning, at the very beginning, and you need keys to get inside. Well, I just forgot about it. And it reminded me, oh yeah, go back down in here. Yeah, use your keys to get in. So I can definitely see people taking one extreme or the other, never ever using the interactive map, or somebody that from moment one yanks open that interactive map and they're like, I want to find everything. It really comes down to the player. Like, everybody's kind of on a spectrum. And I certainly like exploring the map first on my own. The same reason I like fighting a boss before summoning. And if I feel like the boss is ticking me off or pulling some kind of chintzy nonsense, I'm like, all right, you got some cheesy stuff. I got some cheesy stuff. Ding a ding a ding a ding. And I summon my Skellyman. From a viewer's point of view, watching someone wander aimlessly isn't great. It's good for a while, but again, the value diminishes over time. Why does that devalue those areas? Discovering a cave that's easy because you were very well equipped is a very natural aspect of a good open world game. Come on now. It is and it isn't though, Derek. 
Because there is something that's very foreboding and scary and like nerve-wracking to go into a cave and you can almost hear the sword rattling in your hands because you're like, there could be something around every corner. But when you strut in there and you're swing, 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 you're dead, sneeze on you, you're dead. It's definitely not the same experience. It's not that it's bad, but I think it devalues it. That's my perspective. Your perspective might be different. That, like, it doesn't devalue it. I felt pretty awesome. And it is pretty awesome every once in a while. But I did, like, six in a row yesterday that were nothing. And then I finally got into some areas, and I was like, okay, I actually got to pay attention to what the frick I'm doing, because these guys are really strong compared to the people that I just fought. Save at a grace location, hop another character to level and retry later. I found Margit's shackle after I killed Margit. There you go. <laughs> You're finding the balance that works for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm a streamer, so it's like, we gotta move on. We gotta get through the game. Like, I've gotta eventually beat it. I'd like to do a second character. You know, it'd be fun to play with the community. So I can't be like, literally, some of the ones we found yesterday, it's like, I never would've found this. I'd have, I would've walked past it eight times. You know? Which... Part of that's the beauty of the world. Like, you want to talk about a deep, expansive world? I've never experienced anything like this. You find a cave opening and you go down, 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 down. Like, you're going down to the point that you're like, is this ever going to end? Some of these areas underneath underneath the map are incredible. Like, little cities and and ruins and it's like they built all this down here it's amazing it's amazing if cave exploration actually just leveled to your power that isn't really open world then having the first area be extremely easier than other areas isn't a logical piece of a truly open world yes and no it's not that clean let me be clear about that it's not that clean there are some of those early areas that are incredibly tough when you start out and you can come back and be quite a bit stronger it does it does get harder the more you explore I think that's a that's a I think that's a natural so I think there's some things that end up in games because it's a video game right like I don't know, numbers popping up when you hit the enemy so you know how much damage you're doing. An enemy having a health bar. These things are more part and parcel to game design than having a truly scary, challenging open world, right? So I do think that is part and parcel to it being a video game is that, well, yeah, the opening area is more at your level. Now, there's things in the in the beginning area that will literally take your head clean off, like the Tree Sentinel. So there are some things, even in the opening area, you're going to feel ill-equipped to fight. Maybe you'll come back later. And yes, as you explore and edge out, as you find bosses, they go from, you know, hard to harder to harder to harder to harder. And that, I believe is not like an indictment or like, oh yeah, you failed to build a truly open world. It's like, well, no, this is a characteristic of gaming. It is a video game after all. There are going to be intrinsic characteristics of a game, of of, of a video game. That's, I think that's unavoidable. That's kind of my point. Returning to early areas when you become more powerful is fun 
when you can cut through enemies like butter. It is fun, but in excess, it starts to lose its luster. If I would have gone back to like one or two yesterday and been like, yeah, that was awesome, I think I would agree with your point. But there's so many dungeons and so many caves. I think I did six or more in the in the early area, and not once was I ever in danger. I just face tanked like crazy. It didn't matter. Like, go ahead and hit me. You know, you're not going to kill me. Different areas have different difficulty, and your character somehow carries 15 swords in his butt. It's a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Hey, there's a lot of people here. Viewership continues to climb. Around 500 folks. Smash that like button if you're enjoying the show. Name of the channel is Reforge Gaming. We do variety gaming news coverage. I am safe for work. A lot of people treat me like video game radio. So hit subscribe. It's free to subscribe. I'll be in your sub feed all week doing this. And then after this show, we do some gameplay. Right now, lots of Elden Ring. And then in the afternoon at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern, we head over to Reforge Radio for a talk show about cultural things, political things, matters of faith. And today, I have a guest. We're talking about work-life balance. So make sure you're subscribed to all the channels and enjoying the show. If you are, smash the like button. I'm dreading some of the end game bosses in the new game plus grubby. Uh, yeah, new game plus is is I, I don't know how much I'm gonna do that. I, I'm more I think I'm more prone to just making a second character. I don't know. I know people said that like the first new game plus is a victory lap, which could be fun. Okay, but if you had instead gone back and gotten your balls broken in seven dungeons in a row, would that have been more fun? Would you have won? <laughs> right, it's all about balance. No, I, I think that would be disproportionate. I think that'd be disproportionate to go back to the to, to, to go through dungeons in the opening area, and and to feel like they're absolutely ball crushing. Well, no, I don't want to do that. Right? That, that'd be disproportionate. Most of the dungeons and caves in the early area, they are very approachable at your early game level. You you can beat them. They don't feel disproportionate. They don't feel disordinate. And so, yeah, if if every single time you went into a dungeon or a cave it felt that way, then yes, you'd be like, this is ridiculous. This is just wearing the player down. But then, on the other side, I don't want to play six or seven in a row to... I don't want to play six or seven in a row that, like, are super easy. You avoid politics like the plague? Over here we do. Over on Reforge Radio, we're a lot more open to certain topics. This will be the first Souls game... I get to max new game on my main character. I just cleared a whole area to my best of my ability, and then I checked the interactive map, and I complete the one or two dungeons left. Uh, that's what I did, Sax Boy. That's what I did. I was like, I've done my best. I've done my absolute best. Enjoying a cup of frequency this morning. Any options for whole bean in the future? We can't do whole bean because they have to do the entire order one way or the other. So if we did an entire skid, we're talking like 500 some odd bags of whole bean, it wouldn't sell as fast as the ground coffee and it wouldn't be economical for us. If we could split the order and be like, hey, send us 400 bags of ground and 100 bags of whole bean, it'd be amazing. But they don't have that as an option with the company that we work with. On New Game Plus, you can try more weapons, you can have more casting ability. New Game Plus is the best part of the game after beating the bosses. Why re-roll when you can respec? I don't know what you mean. 
obviously I tend to ask somewhat contrarian questions to bring balance. Well, yeah, that's what we do here. I like people that push against what I'm saying. That makes for good conversation. If everybody just said they agree, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have a good we wouldn't have good viewership. We wouldn't have good interaction. People interact with the channel because there's lots of dialogue here. Um, that's uh, that's something that we really pride ourselves on. That's the driving philosophy behind Reforge Radio. The driving philosophy is. I, I believe that we can increase we can increase empathy and we can increase understanding through conversation. I, I believe it's possible. Um, and I think there's a huge absence of that in the market these days, uh, which is why we are really pushing for a different model of discourse around uh, gaming. I mean, it's why I was really disappointed in how people have been treating anybody who is like a dissenting voice about uh, Elden Ring. I have, I have found, you know, not the entire, but there are portions of the From Software community that I think go overboard. You have a disordinate amount of love for the game. You love the game so much that you, you defend it to a fault and you, I think you become toxic. I think you can love something too much. You can love food too much, alcohol, shopping. You can love, you know, unhealthy foods too much. You can love exercise too much. You can love a video game too much, and I think when you do, I think you can you can respond in a way that is that is disproportionate. Is that true of all fanboys? I think that's just true of human psychology. The force is strong with Ewan McGregor for our final print cover before going all digital. We're in an all-in Obi-Wan Kenobi. My gosh, he is so handsome. Gee, many Christmas. If I age like Ewan McGregor, I'll be very satisfied. He gets he gets more good looking every year. You can reset stats with the larval tier. Yeah, I know that. I know that. The Souls community sucks, not this channel, of course. Now, I don't agree with that, Matthew Business. That, that's part of the problem, okay? You'll notice I was careful with my phrasing. I said portions of the From Software community love the game too much and, and go too far. To say that the Souls community sucks, I think that's just as toxic as what some people do out of their love for the game. They love the game too much and they defend it to a fault, right? You know, a daily podcast dedicated to gaming is an awesome idea. Don't know why there aren't similar podcasts. Well, because it's difficult. It's difficult. I I, I said that to my, I said that to Creature. I said that to my producer. I said, I, I, one of the reasons I know that we can do this for the long term is because so few people want to do it. People that are really, really good at being a host, jumping on a microphone and hosting something, most of them get contracted and paid to do it. They don't want to do a live show every day because it's taxing and it's difficult. I get energized by it, so it's sort of the best the best blend. Elden Ring is too good, and it's going to ruin my gaming experience in general. It doesn't mean other games aren't good. It's definitely there. There, it's definitely from software's magnum opus for sure. Portions of every community suck. Uh, I've met cancer survivors that suck, and I didn't think you could go through that and still suck, but here we are. (laughs) Right. The from love here is a bit more reasonable than what I see elsewhere. Some people out there are nuts, yelling about uh, game of the millennium. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest about something. This is, I'll give you a sample of what we do on Reforge Radio. We get into some serious topics, but we can talk about this now because it's about Elden Ring, and it's about From Software. I, I generally believe, okay, that human beings consistently, this is measurable, this is trackable, 
You can check any culture. You can check any time period. Uh, you can check any state in America. I believe human beings quite naturally and almost automatically attach themselves to external things in an identity-defining way. It's natural. Now, the danger of doing this is what it does is it leads to an overemphasis of the the tribalistic instinct in us. So what you do is is you identify with a sports team. I mean, look at how people get at their throats just over sports, okay? And you do it with games. So what people do is you they look at from software and they've had a good experience. Donut left a comment and said it's almost a spiritual experience. Because yesterday I described the unique experience of being a streamer going through a From Software game. You see the best and the worst of me. You see me at my best. I endure. I press on. I beat it. You see me at my worst. I complain. I get whiny. I get angry, right? You see me at my best and my worst. And it is. It's a transformative experience to go through that. Thank you, Mrs. Bloodhound, for five months. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you. So when someone has that experience with a From Software game, it's transformative to the point that they treat it as 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 deity, as if it's a religion. Okay? This the same things happen with politics. The same thing happens with, with sports. You have a transformative experience, right? Your team wins. You're at a game. You grow up hearing that these principles are important. And it gets embedded in your identity. And it's so defining that if someone says, I don't like XYZ politician. I don't like XYZ sports team. Or I don't like Elden Ring you feel as if a part of you has been insulted. You take it personal. You internalize and personalize the criticism. Why? Because you have so heavily integrated with an external thing that you cannot separate yourself from the thing, and therefore, if the thing is attacked, you are attacked. This is like the defining undercurrent of the age that we live in right now. It's why everything is so hot and polarized and exaggerated, because this is how we're operating. It's a basic instinct in humanity to do this, and it's happening, I think, at a grander, more visible scale. Because it used to just be, you'd go to a town to go to a sports game, and you wore a jersey for the other team, and you might experience that, like, a little bit. But now... You just pick up your phone and you're like, there's all these people that are against me. And so you feel like you have to kind of go out there and wage war of a sorts. And so you can see it at a grander scale. Like if you got really into Pokemon or Dungeons and Dragons or video games in high school, you would just find people that were like you and kind of hang out and, and, you know, maybe the jocks would make fun of you or whatever. But generally speaking, you, at a, at, a, at a smaller level, you felt like, this is great, this is my community. But now what happens is you kind of lift your eyes up from that that more insulated experience, that more contained experience, and it's like, there's people all over the world that don't agree with you or don't think the way that you think, and you you if you too heavily integrate your identity with the thing, with the external thing, 
you end up feeling like you're constantly under attack. So the only way to respond to attack is to counterattack. And this is why people go way overboard. They see some guy talking about accessibility and making you know Dark Souls or Elden Ring easier, and boy oh boy, they pick up their they pick up their swords and they go to fight. They go to fight because they're like, absolutely not. If you don't teach people that worth is intrinsic, they have no choice but to take worth from extrinsic things. They must then defend that extrinsic thing. Yeah. Yeah, because if it's destroyed or if it's criticized, then so are they. If it's devalued, if it loses its luster, then so do they. We're talking Buddhism 101 here. Attachment leads to suffering. Suffering leads to hate. Hate leads to the dark side. Wait, what was I saying? Yeah, now you're getting into Star Wars. You can finish the game without a stealth approach and without crafting items. Yeah, I don't do almost any stealth in the game at all. I have crouched um, unbound because I constantly... Like, Elden Ring gameplay constantly has me crouching by mistake. You know? He play now? I'll be playing later. I 100% disagree about the effect of the internet. It used to be you had no choice but to interact with people that were different. Now you can find an echo chamber for any idea. Like I said, I think it magnifies what's already there. I think people already do this, but it magnifies it because now you can find a thousand people that agree with you and a thousand people that don't. And it magnifies that feeling. It magnifies that sense of, I need to fight for my side. Here's the thing. Games we love the most and spend the most time with, we must then see the flaws. You must love it in spite of the flaws, knowing that a perfect score is almost always wholly dishonest. I think the problem is the places that we're giving this a 10 out of 10 or a 5 out of 5, they don't view that as a perfect score. They view it as an, a score of excellence. So it's difficult like to project onto someone that says, yeah, we gave it a 10 out of 10. Is the game perfect? They'd be like, well, no, no game's perfect. But they'll, you go to their score breakdowns and they'll tell you, like, 10 out of 10 is excellence. It's achieved such excellence that we have to give it the highest score available. That's what they would say in response. Now, when you give it a hundred out of a hundred, then I'm going to have questions because I'm going to be like, wait a minute on that scale. Surely you took some points off, right? On five out of five and a 10 out of 10 scale, you know, no, not always. They might be like, no, we think this game achieves absolute excellence. It deserves the 10 out of 10, right? I'm sorry, but from software is an S tier company with no micro translation. Oh, transaction, no NFTs, no handheld boring gameplay. It's sold every year with a different uh, skin. Oh, no boring gameplay that is sold every year with a different skin. It's S tier, organic, and original. I swapped my crouch uh, to up on my D pad. Now, accidentally clicking my thumbstick switches my spell, which isn't a big deal due to the hold to reset feature with the spells no more crouching mistakes yeah I just gave up on having crouch I didn't want to put it anywhere else I tried putting it on other buttons and it just didn't work so I just gave up on having crouch I was like yeah we're not going to have crouch (laughs) we're just not I'm just not going to crouch it's okay most of the guys I try to sneak up on I can run up to them and, and hit them hard in the back anyway and achieve close to the same thing I disagree with this too with that too slot this topic for next week is polarization driven by the people that agree with you or by the people that disagree with you? Um, yeah, I don't even know what we would call that. Polarization. I'll just write that down. I don't know. Grouch what? Crouch. 
So the combat hasn't really evolved in a decade. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I think it's been enhanced and added to, but yeah, because the Ashes of War and the and the and the casting, I think is is really really up to the game. Now I know there's casting in the in the old games, but in this game, I don't know, Eugene. I think at a build level, the combat has involved quite a bit. So we all agree the stealth is crap and not needed. Seems like nobody is crafting either. So why is this garbage in the game? Well, I don't know if we can call it garbage. I mean, it's there. It's an option. Like you could play through any game and ignore an entire mechanic just because it doesn't suit you. Like I've played through games like that where I just, I don't touch certain elements of it. I just don't care. You know what I mean? There's, there's plenty of games where I don't touch certain weapon types. I'm like, I don't like that weapon type. I just don't like it. It doesn't feel right. Does that make it crap? Like, I don't know. Top 10 ways your echo chamber is ruining you. You won't believe number seven. I was listening. I, I was finishing up that Jimmy Carr episode. Uh, Jordan Peterson and Jimmy Carr were talking. And it struck me. I don't know what we would call this. I'm, I'm teasing it out. How would we turn this into a subject on how... If you think the other side is so bad, how are you not making them worse by the way that the dialogue goes, right? Does that make sense? Like, if if you're on one side and you think the other side is so bad, aren't you making them worse and more entrenched with the way you talk about them? I think both sides do this, right? I think both sides bring out the worst in the other. And evolve, evolve maybe like Maybe there's more moderate people on both sides. You run the risk of evolving them into radicals by the way that you talk about them. You drive them away from yourself. You're not winsome. You're not winning people to your team. Does that make sense? I don't know what I would call that or how I would couch that. I'm teasing that out. It hit me like a lightning bolt. It hit me, it hit me like a lightning bolt. It's like it's so counterproductive. If you truly believe they're dangerous and awful, you're not doing anything to win them over or to, or to convert them or to change their minds. Do we make our enemies worse? Make our enemies worse. Yeah, maybe. Um. Yeah, making our enemies worse. I don't know. It just struck me when they were talking. Because they were talking about the differences between both sides and how one side's flaws are more small, but they add up, and the other side's problems are more magnified and big. It was interesting. I just want to know where the weapon coatings I missed are. I love crafting those. The weapon coatings? I don't know what you mean. Enemies? Yeah, enemies might not be the right word. Like, making our... I don't know. I don't know. Because as soon as you couch in enemies, you're already you're already dealing in language that seems to, seems to be maybe even exaggerated, right? How we make the opposition worse. Creature, I didn't type up a... a creature, if you can hear me, I, I said this the other day and I think we miss each other. I did not type up a title and description for today. Um, I figured you'd be able to do it. If not, it's fine. I can type something up. But, because you want to like... I'm sure you want to like make sure and mention and at Ginger and all that. I just didn't, I just didn't do it. I couldn't, I could, it just wasn't coming to me, like what to call it. Um, let's see. Yeah, you could call them opponents, I suppose. That might be a little bit cleaner and not so stinking messy. It feels messy to call them enemies, you know? 
it feels like you're it feels like you're leaning into the wait hang on oh yeah 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 it feels like you're leaning into the the tribal language you know of like they're your enemy now obviously if you if you want to if you want to come from faith i mean there are there are tenets of like loving your enemy right but that's that's not really going to i don't think help necessarily cuz you can't really say that people are just going to read the title and be like the frick Uh-huh. Can I get a timestamp of this? I need to save it, or maybe someone could clip that for me. At least the initial statement that started the convo. Um, I guess if you want to go to, um, one hour ten-ish, probably it was probably about ten minutes ago, somewhere in there. What about frem- frenemies? Opponents isn't even good. It's not a game. Just the use of the word alone makes it easy to dehumanize. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's like, (laughs) I don't know what you'd call them. You know? Making those you disagree with into enemies or something? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what to call it. You could call it the opposition, right? Adversary, rival, none of these are appropriate either to describe someone who disagrees with you. Yeah. We could call it like turning disagreements into battles or something. I don't know. This is one of the challenges with that show is like, I don't know what the frick to call some of the episodes. Like, these are such great conversations, but what do we call it? What do we title it? Right? <laughs> You know, what what do we do? You know, do we invoke the worst in each other? Yeah, yeah. Are we making things worse or something like that? I don't know. It's tough. Is Breath of the Wild two on PS4? Well, Breath of the Wild two is not even out yet, and no, it will not be on the PS4. Divided by disagreements, we have the source. We'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you guys know, what we're talking about is we have another channel. We don't really get into this stuff here. We might dabble, and then I'm like, nope, 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 let's not talk about that. And you see me like writing down on a piece of paper. Um, we have another channel called Reforge Radio, and it's like this. It's a talk show, but it's just a radio show about anything, really. Okay? This this channel is about gaming. So if you like that idea, make sure and subscribe to Reforge Radio. You can listen to the episodes anywhere that podcasts show up, but we do the show live in the afternoons over on that show. So make sure you're subbed over there. Um... Where's my greatsword and where's why is there no fishing? <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild 2 will be on PS5. Come on, guys. Next gen's here. Uh, just go full philosopher. One army united is better than two apart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we make disagreements into dogma? Wait, are we writing stuff down in a real quest log? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anyone know if Horizon Zero Dawn runs well on PC now? I think I got the best performance out of it by capping frames at 60. I just don't think when it goes beyond 60, it just doesn't run It just doesn't run well. Do you think Elden Ring has pretty much already won Game of the Year, or is New God of War comes out a contender? I think Horizon's a contender, but I think, I think, I think Elden Ring will take it. 
I think Elden Ring's commercial success and critical acclaim, it'll take it. Obviously, performance issues are there, but I think performance issues slowly get patched, fixed, and addressed, and those do not eternally mar or blemish a game, right? Like, Witcher 3 had performance issues and they patched them, and then what was beneath it was a great game that won tons of awards. Does that make sense? Methrax says, I'm watching you using the, uh, the TV YouTube app. I've noticed that in the TV YouTube, there's some kind of directory for Elden Ring live streams and vids. For some reason, you're not there. Are you aware of that? I should be. I should be. Like, we're literally couched in Elden Ring. I could make sure uh, at that, I should yeah, be. we're in Elden Ring. I Elden Ring be. hashtag. Like, we're literally couched All of that. In- Did I just, oops, 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 oops. Sorry, you probably just got some echo. I apologize. I usually have uh, the web browser muted. <laughs> double the Lono, double your fun. Um, yeah, I don't know why I wouldn't be in that directory. Elden Ring won it already, the critical success, and also uh, the way so many people came to the series. Just a monster this year overall. No matter how good God of War or Starfield, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think Starfield's coming out this year. I don't think it's coming out this year. No way. Has performance been fixed on PC? I think what they're doing now, um, we need 17 more likes for 300 likes. Can you guys do that for me? Let's check the, the, the poll results as well. 565 votes. Elden Ring criticism. Mostly accurate or mostly off base? What do you think about all the Elden Ring criticism that's out there that you've read? Uh, let us know what you think with the poll. Make sure you're subscribed. That way you can talk in the chat. What I think they're doing right now is they're building a more comprehensive patch. I think they did a couple responsive reactive patches in the beginning. I think the day one made things worse. I think the follow-up smoothed some of it out. But what I think they're going to do is I think they're going to do a more comprehensive patch. So the next Elden Ring patch will likely be more substantive and not 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 soon. It'll probably take another week or so. Starfield's release date's 11-11. Yeah, I don't think it's launching. Uh, God of War Ragnarok will certainly be a contender, but I still think it's going to be tough to beat Elden Ring. I think God of War and Horizon Forbidden West will win a handful of awards, for sure. For sure. But I think Elden Ring is going to take Game of the Year. There's just no, I don't think you can beat it. It's a Leviathan. It's a media darling. It, it, it's, it's, it's actually a good game. <laughs> you know what I mean? This ain't Deathloop, right? Deathloop got media darling treatment and it wasn't deserved. This time it's deserved. It's like, okay, this game is phenomenal. Breath of the Wild 2 is scheduled to release in 2022. It's the real Elden Ring competitor. I don't agree with that. No, I don't think so. <clears throat> when does God of War come out? The rumored date is September, middle of September. That was the rumored date. And then Schreier got on Reddit and said that, no, it won't be delayed again. So... He's usually good with inside information. Let me let me do a little coffee spot. Coffee sales have slowed down, and we get so into the talk show that I don't talk about one of the great ways you can support the channel and get something for yourself. Uh, we have sponsors, obviously. I'm wearing Gunner Optics glasses. This shirt's from 80s Tees. You can use my code over there. You can use my link for display. But our Rageless Roast is ours like my wife and kiddos bag this up for you put little thank you notes in there if you're a coffee drinker you should definitely try it out the coffee drinkers in the chat will tell you uh that they've pretty much have switched to our coffee my wife has pretty much only switched to mine and she's pretty picky when it comes to coffee 
It's the same original flavor, but we have a light roast and a dark roast, okay? It's got balanced acidity. It's a medium-bodied, honey undertone, smooth finish, light roast, and then the dark roast is full-bodied with a bold finish. But the balanced acidity really takes the bitterness down, makes it very drinkable. Uh, People do cold brew. People drink it black. I drink it with a little bit of creamer. So use that coffee command or check out RageousRoast.com. And we appreciate everybody who supports the coffee. I've just noticed we've gotten so caught up in having a good talk show that we really don't talk about all those you know great ways you can support the channel. Like I'm not talking about memberships enough. If you want to support the channel directly with a paid membership, five bucks a month, you get a badge next to your name, you get emotes to use in chat. We have a Discord server if you want to look for people to play with discord.gg slash reforge tv you can hang out in there and meet people and if you're a member you can sync your youtube and your discord and you get all these extra rooms and stuff in the discord so i i've i need to do that periodically because we don't run lots of advertisements on the channel and the main way we're able to do this is the people that do memberships and the people that support the sponsors and the coffee um arguing in february march the game's still running best on Series S or PS4 and PS5 is a shoo-in for Game of the Year is kind of bonkers. Um, it's a good game that's getting overpraised and was hyped so much that people can't criticize. It's going to be hard to beat. Again, I don't think performance issues negate negate uh, the scores and the quality. I don't. I don't. Same thing happened with Witcher 3. The same thing happened with Witcher 3. It works great with the French press too? Well, there you go. The Witcher 3 had performance issues and bugs and glitches. They patched them, and then they were treated as if they could do no wrong. Why? Because the game was great. Like, every once in a while, every once in a while, there is a game that lands that achieves something that other games are just failing to achieve, and I think Elden Ring has done that. Elden Ring has achieved greatness and excellence in so many categories that the performance issues it's not a big deal they'll be patched or is it really disappointing yes i was extremely bummed that it ran as poorly as it did on pc i was like this is our launch night really this is what i have to deal with it was extremely irritating but once i've been like yesterday i complained yesterday about one particular fight but the entire time I was playing yesterday, I was like, this game is amazing. I just, I've never, ever, ever had an experience like this. It's straight up bonkers to say that performance doesn't matter when evaluating quality. No, I don't think it's bonkers at all. Because a performance issue is not the game, right? That would be like saying, this movie's really bad. Why? Well, the Blu-ray disc is scratched, so it keeps skipping. Okay, well, if you can fix the skipping issue... Yeah, it hurts the immersion. Yeah, it ruins really poignant scenes in the movie for sure. But is it a mark against the movie? No. It's a performance issue. A perform a performance issue is not the game. It's 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 above the game. Once it's removed, you get to the you get to the meat, you get to the real thing, you get to the real deal. You also have to consider that the performance issues most people are reporting that the PS5 and the Series X are playing just fine you're hearing performance issues and what, what what's happening is is Digital Foundry does a review of the game and says frame rate frame rate fluctuates from 40 to 60 and obviously that is not something we want to hear with our PS5s and our Xbox Series X's 
But that does that's not game breaking, that's not a bug, that's not a glitch, that's not development ineptitude. That's not. Some of it's direct X twelve, some of it again is just like some of it is literally that they built a game in an old engine and they tried to put DirectX 12 in it or put it in DirectX 12 or however that works. But those aren't those aren't like groundbreaking performance issues. Now the PC is a little bit different because the people who played on PC said I didn't have any of those issues and the day one patch, you know, made things worse. So we're supposed to go back and like start docking points on all the reviews because they pushed out a patch that caused problems. Do you know how many games do that? They push out patches. Oops. We made a couple things worse. Hang on. A couple weeks later, they fix it. Frame timing having issues is game breaking. That affects the gameplay directly. Yeah, and that's only happening on PC. And again, again, that the people that reviewed it were like, I, was, I didn't have that problem. These people didn't put hundreds of hours in the game and have frame time issues the entire time. It wouldn't work. They wouldn't be able to beat some of the bosses. There's a crap ton of games that would be great if they only played better. If only the performance wasn't subpar. I I just I think in general, I think in general, when I play a game, um performance issues is the game until it's fixed. I think that's different from a Blu-ray to a movie. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. If I'm running around the world and I get a couple frame stutters. Obviously, it's like, hey, that needs to be fixed. That's not that's not good for the experience. Like watching a movie that's periodically skipping. It's like, it doesn't degrade. It's not it's not a mark against the movie. It's a performance issue. The game itself is wonderful. The story, the lore, the world, the art design, the combat, the freedom, the the exploration, the build options. It's all wonderful, and it's having some frame issues on the PlayStation and the Xbox frame timing on PC is a bigger issue but again, it apparently wasn't there in the review copies I I highly doubt all these YouTubers just straight up lied and they were like, no and the one guy even changed his score he was like, no, wait for a sale, these performance issues are pretty bad I think your love for From and Elden Ring are clouding your argument here, just a smidge no, I said the same thing about Horizon Forbidden West, I'm being actually quite consistent I've been this consistent my entire career. I've always said performance issues should not mark or mar a game because they can be patched. They typically are patched. Witcher 3, Horizon Forbidden West had all kinds of performance issues and I still gave it a really good score. I said 8.5, 8.5 to a 9, solid game. Some of the combat things I didn't like, sure. Performance issues are a bummer, it'll be patched, you know. They'll fix this stuff, the flickering and the juddering and the, the whatever was going on. I said the same thing about Horizon Forbidden West. I said, oh, the game is good. Performance issues are a bummer, but that's not the game itself. Tell that to Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's bad for a thousand other reasons. I, I, don't, I, I, I very rarely bring up performance issues, unless we're talking about old gen. It should have never been launched on old gen. That was basically a misleading way that, that was that was misleading i was so close to fraud to sell that on on old gen my issues with cyberpunk are the actual game <laughs> they can be patched but i'm not counting as a 10 out of 10 until it does get fixed some games never fix those issues well yeah i mean i, I that's fine you can withhold your score i'm simply saying 
I think people are well within their right, because if you go read the reviews, I think they're well within their right to be like, there were some frame stutters and some frame issues. Other than that, the game's immaculate. And to be like, yeah, but you can't sit here and say it's game of the year or or worthy of excellent scores because it has frame issues. It's like, well, yeah, they can. They just did. I think performance is part of the game development, just like camera work in a movie. If shot with a bad camera, that's bad filming. It's part of the game until it's fixed, I say. Yeah, but if you shoot a movie with a bad camera or you shoot from bad camera angles, that can't be fixed. It's in, it's baked in. This isn't baked in. This is literally something that can be fixed. Like, so the pop-in in Horizon Forbidden West, okay? That's not baked in. It's been fixed. Why? That's a performance issue, right? If they gave Aloy broken animations they'd have to go and remake all new animations because if not it's baked into the game it's the it's different george lucas can fix it look at outriders beta was amazing it was getting high praise and it launched and it was rough you were critical on it about all the performance issues then yeah because those performance issues were breaking the game you couldn't do certain things certain things were crashing you couldn't even run the game on pc abe there's a difference between a periodic frame stutter and a game that is literally unplayable. Outriders was unplayable on PC. It was like you couldn't play it. It was not playable. There's a spectrum of performance issues, is there not? There's like a constant stutter and a constant hitch and yeah, every once in a while. And tons of people said as soon as you leave the main area it stops happening. You have to remember the narrative around the game and the series. It's a perfect example of attaching identity to a game. But I'm not doing that. I'm not attaching my identity to the game. I applied the same logic to Forbidden West. I Listen, I am being extremely consistent here because when people brought up Cyberpunk, I said there's a big difference between Cyberpunk and The Witcher 3 because The Witcher 3 was a good game and once they removed the bugs, the good game was remaining. Cyberpunk, at its core, is a bad game. You can remove the performance issues, and it's still a bad game. I've always said this. I've always maintained this position, that performance issues are separate from the game itself. Now, you don't have to agree with my position, but I'm not being driven by some allegiance to From Software or some identity, like, I identify as a From Software fan. not talking about you. Well, it, it could have been perceived as, like, running commentary on what I'm saying. Like, I, I definitely think it's fair... I'm not saying you have to agree with me, but I think it's fair to slice out performance issues and to say, this isn't the game, right? Pop in in Horizon Forbidden West. That's not the game. That can be fixed, right? I wasn't, I didn't knock a bunch of points off of Horizon Forbidden West because performance issues. I said, it's a bummer. I said, it, it, it certainly makes some of the open world stuff less exciting. I took points off because of the, because of the combat. There were elements of Forbidden West combat that I didn't like. I think the anti-cheat's also responsible for performance issues. That would be a shame if that's what's causing it, because, yeah, they didn't have to use the anti-cheat when they played their review copies. That'd really be a shame. Then your opinion's invalid as you don't seem to understand how game design works. Please enlighten me, oh condescending one. I don't understand how game design works. 
Sure, yeah. I've covered games for eight years, interviewed developers, main stage at E3, sat down with people that work on games, community managers, engineers. Yeah, but I don't understand how game development works. Please enlighten me. Yesterday, you got one of the best talismans, in my opinion, Crimson Assassin. It gives you basically a flask full of health back on crit, and you crit all the time you should try it. Yeah, we might try that one today. Like being on the ground the entire fight. Yeah, yeah. The stun lock in Forbidden West, how long she lays on the ground. Those are all things that I took points off from because I think like, just this hurts the combat. It's not, it really makes the combat unfun. Just got here before I vote. What are the criticisms? There are people that have criticized the UI, the UX, the difficulty, the lack of a quest log. Um, I believe there were some legitimate criticisms about the fact that like, they didn't make it clear there was a tutorial you could play through in the beginning. A lot of people skipped it, which probably led to a lot of early game frustration. Um, I think if you play through that tutorial, here, this is actually interesting. This is a theory. I can't prove this, but this is my theory. I think if more people played through that tutorial, they would more readily and quickly understand that they should not be fighting the Tree Sentinel. Why? Because they give you a little mini sort of boss fight in the tutorial and you would immediately be like this sentinel's out of my league i just fought that guy back there it went pretty good this guy absolutely not if you skip the tutorial you're like what the frick's going on like what wh- wh- who is this guy am i supposed to fight this guy but if you play through the t- 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 through the tutorial that's tough to say if you play through the tutorial <laughs> i talk so fast if you play through the tutorial you you would you would no doubt be like okay that back there was at my level this is not (laughs) you missed the tutorial there's a guy right there tons of people do it okay but blank sunlock is in your top three explanations while playing Elden Ring yeah and and yeah and that's one of my criticisms I've not said I, I don't give the I don't give Elden Ring a ten out of ten. I've defended people giving it a ten out of ten because their ten out of ten they describe as a game reaching excellence. On the way I score games, I would not give Elden Ring a ten out of ten. I wouldn't. There's elements to it that I think could have been done better. I think they do too much AOE. I think they do too many spam attacks, like 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 magic spam. I think the magic spam's like exhausting. Um, I think enemies should have exhaustible casting and stamina so that there's a limit on how often they can do something. I've always thought that. I think you can make an enemy difficult without giving them endless magic or endless stamina. And the AoE and the stunlock, for sure. I don't give it a perfect score. I was merely defending the people that give it a 10 out of 10 and say, our 10 out of 10 doesn't mean it's perfect, it means it achieves excellence. And then I also said, if you give the game 100 out of 100, well, I'm going to have a conversation with you because there are certainly things to take away points for. Uh, you know, I actually think once you start scoring it out of 100, you can take points off for the performance issues. I think you can because you're on a bigger scale. But when you're doing 5 out of 5s and 10 out of 10s, I think the scale's too small to include performance issues. But when you're doing 100 out of 100... Yeah, I would probably take two or three points off for the performance issues. Drop it to like a 97. Some of the combat things, eh, drop it to a 95. You know? Um, the lack of explanation in some of the map mechanics. You know, I'd probably take a point off for that. 94. 
my score would probably end up landing around out of 100 it'd probably end up landing around like a 91 or a 92 9 out of 10 if I'm on a 10 scale but if you ask me 5 out of 5 I'd have to say 5 out of 5 yeah buy it it's amazing you better know what you're signing up for you you better know what you're signing up for this game's gonna this game's gonna crush your soul if you let it if you defend the game then you're conflating the game to your identity and are labeled as irrational am I getting that right I was talking earlier about how people go too far and they attack people who have criticized the game. And I'm like, that's somebody who has well integrated the game into their identity and they feel like they're being attacked by the criticism, so they attack in turn. That's my biggest criticism is the enemy's endless magic and stamina. Yeah, like those those dudes yesterday, the crystal guys, and the one guy's just like, jump stab, jump stab, jump stab, jump stab, slam, and jump stab, jump stab, jump stab, slam. He just never runs out of stamina. It's like, where's the respite? Where's the damage window on this idiot, right? That drives me nuts. People giving it 10 out of 10 probably think a 7 is average. I think one of the difficulties with the scoring review discussion is that every score, every scoring metric is different. So one person's 9 out of 10 is similar to somebody else's 8 out of 10. They could both say very similar things, argue similarly, and come to similar conclusions about the game. And one guy gives it an 8 out of 10 and the other guy gives it a 9. You know what I'm saying? Like, even the scoring spectrums themselves are different depending on who you read and how they justify the score. The guy who complained about the UI UX, uh, this is from Ubigreed, who takes his opinion even serious? Lamau, he better shut up with the copy-paste stuff. Yeah. A C is average, 7 is a C. Right. But again, they might... But again, you're applying a grading scale metric to their scoring metric that they might not apply. They might say, yeah, no, seven and a half we feel like is a very solid game, a very good game. They don't view it as they're giving it a C. It depends on the person. It depends on who, you know, who it is. That's why these debates can get a little confusing because, like, I took issue with the with the death loop scores. I was like, what the frick? Really? Nines and tens? This game is a solid seven or eight easy, Right? But, it, but again, it gets confusing because everybody's score is different. Everybody's scoring metric is different. <clears throat> um, game's amazing just the way it is. If you're going to learn the game mechanics uh, or you're not, but the game is what it is. Uh, one of the easier Souls games, I'm sorry, uh, like your opinion is to go to other places. You have a hundred different places to go and train to get new stuff, change tactics. It's a whole different game. I don't know what your I don't I, that that was hard to follow your logic. C is a solid grade. Yeah, but again, it, it, it's subjective. It's subjective because I see the letter C and I think, eh, that's kind of a meh middle of the road game. But I give plenty of games like a seven and a half to an eight and a half, and I don't think it's meh. To me, meh is like five and a half or a six and a half out of ten like eh it's very mid right down the middle not that great not that bad it's just kind of there so what we we, we we even we don't have a we don't have commonality on that right C's earns degrees C's gets degrees sorry Abe uh, we're checking the timestamp here and NBCTM 
actually beat you to the joke. So the rules stipulate you must retract your joke as someone made it before you. So uh, the judges just handed down the decision. So sorry about that, Abe. Congratulations, NBCTM, for making the joke first. Good to see that effort in the chat. (laughs) C's get degrees. Like, the the grade letter C. I feel like a C would apply to places that might be using a 1 through 5 star system, but that's just me personally. This is the issues with reviews because sites like Metacritic treat all reviews as if they use the same standards. I apologize. I'm thankful the committee considered me and my joke. (laughs) Well played. Well played. Do you see a 5 star review as oh Techno, you retracted right away. Do you see a five-star review as this is what I paid for or more? Uh, this is above and beyond my expectations because I've met people who view it differently. Yeah, when I see five out of five, I see that as a very strong recommendation. I don't see that as a perfect score. I see a four out of five as being like, we recommend this game. I see a three out of five as being like, maybe, maybe not depending on you. And then two and below is like, stay away. So like a five out of five is like a strong recommendation. A four out of five is like, we recommend it, right? And then a three is like, it depends. It, like you might like it, you might not. The game certainly has flaws. Once you get down to two or one out of five, it's like, no, that game is crap if it's down that low. Five stars is a grade, A, B, C, D, F. <clears throat> yeah, I think that works better on the five, on the five stars, Eugene. I think it does. An A is a strong recommendation. A B is a recommendation. A C is a eh. Maybe, maybe not. You might like it, you might not. A D and an F is like, stay away. I think the letter grade breaks down on the 10s because when I see a 7, 7.5 to an 8, I think, oh, that's probably a pretty decent game. Not an average game. That's where that's where I think the letter grade thing breaks down. I think it breaks down on the 10 out of 10. I think it works on 100 because I think once something drops to like a 70%, you could be like, okay, game's not that strong. I think it just gets tough because when you have less points to work with, does that make sense? It's like give less points to work with. So like it's it's harder to quantify. I, you know what I'm saying? I it's, it's, it's hard to be clear on this because I'm basically just arguing for... I'm essentially just arguing for like my own perception of a grading scale. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody's going to look at grading scales differently. That's why when I saw Deathloop getting nines and tens, I'm like, what the huh? That's like that's like almost that's like the best score you can get right now on a game, a nine and a ten. <clears throat> Do we not consider performance as part of the game because we anticipate a fix? If not fix, it is then part of the game. Sorry, still trying to understand this argument. Yeah, Russell, I mean, listen, I think it's, um, I think games like this exist on a continuum. Do they not? If we get nine months in and this game's still running like crap on PC, I actually think that should hurt it in, in an award ceremony. 100%. Totally. But its performance in the first two months, if it's all rectified, okay, matter resolved. 
and the severity of the problems also. So like the severity of the problems in most instances in this game, they're not that severe. Oh, frame timing's very severe. According to pretty much everybody who played the game on PC, once you get out of the starting area, those problems go away. So most of their reviews to me seem trustworthy. I don't think they're all saying the exact same thing. Like, just say it gets better if you get farther. Most people are going to be too bad to get farther anyway. Like, I don't, I don't think there's like a conspiracy here. So I do think there has to be a multiple factors at play. How severe are the problems? Like Cyberpunk's performance on old gen consoles, that is a severe problem that can't just be fixed with a patch, right? So how severe? And when was it fixed? If you're like nine or ten months into the life cycle of Elden Ring and they're like, we still haven't fixed PC, I actually think that should make it harder for it to get a Game of the Year award. Because it's like, come on, guys, you launched this game almost a year ago. Fix it. You can't just leave these problems here. Do you see what I'm saying? Like especially in the PC realm, I think I'm playing this, I think I'm playing this a little bit more um more what's the word I'm being a little bit more gracious because PC world it's like and DirectX 12 there's so many things that can cause these issues that you can't just chalk it up as like they're bad developer (laughs) like you know what I mean some of this is some of this seems to be intrinsic to DirectX 12 like frame time and frame issues in DirectX 12 seem to be like common thing And so it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, they don't deserve game of the year. There's some framing issues and some stutters sometimes. Like, if that's all it takes to not get game of the year, then what in the frick? Who's gonna, who, 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 who can stand, right? Who can stand before that judgment? You see what I'm saying? That seems like such a minor thing to be like, no, nah, it can't win game of the year. Take it off the running. Gemini frick well then Horizon Forbidden West can't get up there any either what game can get up there that's the better question to ask like if if frame stutters and performance yeah Bandai so bright if frame stutters and some frame issues if that's grounds to if that's grounds to, to take away somebody out of game of the year running then Forbidden West can't be up there either oh but they're patching it so everything they worked on, the story, the art, the combat, the lore, the world, all of that, throw it out. It's got some issues with performance. Do you see? Like, I'm not just ignoring it. I'm saying that's just such an extreme response. Just toss the game out. Can't win. Can't be in the running for game of the year. Neither can Forbidden West. What are you going to be left with? A couple of indie games that launched without performance problems? Like, you're not going to be left with much. Like, every single game launches with performance issues. Like, that's part and parcel to software development. That's part and parcel to, like, game development. It's not, it's not something that, it's not something that can be, I think, just, like, overlooked. But it's also not something that we need to, like, absolutely blast a company or a game for. Even with performance issues with no further fixes, which I don't even get any, I still give this game game of the year and better scores than anything else that's out. It's still better despite performance complaints. 
If 50 games all score 10 out of 10, then those games score average would be 10 out of 10, but the average on the scale of 1 to 10 is still 5. To quote Tony Stark, your your math is blowing my mind right now. What? You you truly have a dizzying intellect. <laughs> what? What are you even saying, fairy man? That's the median. Yeah. I need Ferryman to go sit in on a statistical and thematical mechanics course and see how it goes for him. <laughs> I don't even understand what he said. I don't. I don't know what he said. <laughs> All these people talking about how big of a deal performance issues uh, uh, should hurt this game. Hurt this game? I'm positive there aren't even said issues or likely they're not even playing the game. People expect too much sometimes. I mean, there's no game-breaking issues, bugs, or stopping you progressing for 60 the price uh, of a night out or a good meal, and you have over 100 hours of good content. An indie game getting 7 out of 10 is more acceptable than saying a game like Horizon getting a 7 out of 10. Nobody will blink at an indie. Oh, Last Paladin, you are correct that the bar is certainly higher. And when a game like Horizon falls below like an 8.5 or a 9, that's concerning. That's concerning. It's like, whoa, what what happened here? You know? What happened here? Like, th- this, this... <laughs> you know what I mean? This shouldn't have happened. The bar is way, way higher. Um, I think CD Projekt Red, they fell, they fell really, really hard. Why? Because The Witcher Three is looming over their shoulder. Nobody's like, yeah, well, you know, sometimes games just have issues. They're like, what the frick happened? They're like, you guys made The Witcher 3. What what, what in the world? How did this happen? And we're not even talking about performance issues. We're, we're talking about the fact that the game is not, it's just isn't a good game. You can defend it all you want. I, it's not a good game. For a sample of 50 games that scored 10 out of 10, the average of that sample is 10. The median of the scale is still 5, though. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I wasn't, I was not tracking, I was not tracking with him at all. Um. Okay. I'm getting stuff ready. I'm getting stuff ready, chat. We are, uh. We are about to step in to a very, very interesting place. Kylid. That's on the menu for today. That's on the menu for today. Cyberpunk is so uh, boring. Story, acting, combat. Put down the first two hours. Here to criticize Elden Ring. It's too good. Please get it out to the community. You can lock yourself out of field co-op if you beat certain bosses in the field. This is my only complaint about the game. Things to do in Kylid. Number one, leave. 
<laughs> there is no point arguing with someone who thinks the inclusion of spears in Black Panther is the R word. Remember that at all times. <laughs> uh. mm. You planning on fighting Radon today? Yeah, maybe. I was told that I'm probably going to be a little bit over-leveled for him, so we'll see how it goes. Um, Hang on, I need to message Creature. Did you hear me when I said I didn't type up anything for radio today? Do-do-do-do-do. I feel comfortable by your choice of location. Oh, I feel uncomfortable by your choice of location. I don't feel safe if you go to Kylid. This is not safe for work. <laughs> Good luck, he's rough. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, I certainly did. Okay. Sorry, Dad. All right. Um, exploring Limgrave versus exploring Kylid. <laughs> I love it when I have to manufacture your opinions. You don't need my opinion in the description. Just talk about how work-life balance is a continued challenge if you run your own business, work from home, if you're in content creation, live streaming, or YouTube. It's a significant challenge to balance that with regular life. As As a father and a husband, there's also other unique challenges, right? That's pretty... You don't need to put my opinion in there. It's just a discussion about it. You're just giving me crap. You got it? Okay. Okay. You'll man. You'll manage. The Radon boss fight's not... Alright. That... Let me... Let me quickly, quickly run upstairs and when I get back, we are switching to gameplay. We're going to be playing in Kylid. Uh, we've been enjoying our gameplay in, uh, in Elden Ring quite a bit. Uh, make sure if you've enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. Smash the like button. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Consider becoming a paying member. We, we, we really, really need that uh, membership to continue going up. We almost never run ads on this channel. Uh, I only run them when I step away. So if you've enjoyed today's show and you come back all throughout the week, uh, consider doing that. I know, I know times are tough. Believe me, the world's getting a little crazy. So if it's between being a member and paying for gas, don't become a member. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm trying to tread lightly on the, hey, support where you can. Um support where you can um but but we will uh blip yeah we lost a chunk there it might have been a little bit of a blip um so so i'm gonna hit some ads i'm gonna step away i'll be right back you guys are uh the best and hang on distorted says not being able to summon co-op after you defeat the area boss it's like that in other souls games too it's intentional as the objective of co-op in the game is specifically to beat a boss yeah so that's actually a built-in feature just so we have some clarity okay all right i'll be right back don't go anywhere
Okay. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. We did discover something about the game audio uh, in this game. Uh, It was sounding a little muffled. And I discovered that when I had on the HDMI TV setting, it sounded... Yeah, that sounds way better. It sounded muffled. It was almost like too much audio was coming through. And I switched it to soundbar, and it, like, cleaned up the sound, like, significantly. The sound on, like, Forbidden West, um, the sound on this game was sounding kind of muffled. And so some guy pointed it out. And so I looked into it, and I was like, yeah, it does sound kind of muffled. Because I usually have my game sound a little low, because I talk a lot. And so... Yeah, I accepted his friend request, Creature, as soon as I saw it. Okay. I am sending out the tweets right now. We're switching to gameplay. We're going to be in this place. Any interest in doing a stream of some of the main story NPC quests like Ronnie? It takes you through some of the coolest areas. Yeah, I would love to do that. But I would need some help and some guidance, I think. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put a link in chat just in case redirect doesn't work. Hey, thank you for clicking on the video. Continuing our Elden Ring gameplay series, and we are in the infamous place, Kylid. We came here a little bit. We fought, like, one of the tree guys. Uh, people were uh, <laughs> people were giving me tips on how to get behind him because the blood stuff on the ground was uh, killing me, and I managed to take him down pretty quickly with the Bloodhound Fang. So, if you enjoy my gameplay, we discussed just this morning some of the criticism this game has been getting. If you've noticed my audio being a little muffled on these streams, we did fix that. Uh, the PlayStation 